to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up podcast number 149, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! Not really sure where you'll end up, but go ahead and uh, find Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and spread around in that general vicinity is us. My name is Bill Cox. It's Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Each of us on an individual spiritual journey <clears throat> and never more so than during this coronavirus uh, quarantine that we're going through, the COVID-19. I think this is like our uh, fourth week that we've been doing this podcast uh, instead of in our normal studio uh, each individually, we are uh, we are dialed in and teleconferencing it. So uh, we know each and every one of you are out there uh, doing those challenges as well. What we do basically with the Man Up podcast is this is podcast number one forty nine, and what we do is we take a uh, adult Bible fellowship or a Sunday school lesson, and uh, we talk about it among men and update it, apply it, kind of uh, tear it apart and get get some spiritual meaning that would be unique to the man faith-based experience. So um, what we do is we have a great panel, uh, this panel discussion here, um, and we do this weekly. Uh, it's been a interesting and different week because we just got done doing the Holy Week, and we're we use a lot of different texts, and we're currently in the Connect 360, which is by Baptist Way Press, and we're going through uh, lessons on miracles, the transforming power of Jesus, and we're on uh, lesson seven, uh, a Sabbath miracle, but. What I want to do first is I want to introduce the, the panel that we have here and then just go around the, the fellows and have them each talk about the Holy Week experience that they had that was so unique and so different this time from most likely any other experience that, that you've ever had. And then we'll get back to the lesson. I'd like to start out with uh, he is a world-class policy writer, a bit of a professional gambler, a great guy, Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, hi, everyone. Very interesting week. Um, we had the, of course, we talked a little about this last week. We had, but, but now we've done, we had uh, a, a, a Holy Thursday, a Monday Thursday Lord's Supper service uh, done virtually, done from our homes. We each, every one of us who was on participated had the elements there with us. Of course, in, in the Baptist faith, there is no, it is purely what it is. It is not a transubstantiation issue. Um, so we all shared in the, uh, the bread and wine or juice as per uh, Jesus' own directive and as, uh, as reinforced by Paul. So there was that. And then, then moving on to Easter, um, it was, uh, again, it was just different. And, you know, there was something, I would be wrong to say if something was missing because uh, you're really watching the service on your television where if, if you're, if you're, can, if we have a Roku box, we can plug into YouTube on our, on our widescreen, which is very nice. Um, and I realized that probably a lot of congregations have to settle for a laptop or even a phone. Um, and so uh, it was a tremendous job from our tech force. I mean, it is a very professionally done. Um, and uh, I know there's a couple, we have a couple, I think our regular listeners, and I don't know, Bill, you were on camera one of those uh, uh, on Sunday. 
but if you I were, was on camera, that was you were working the camera. That I was, was working it, and so, uh, but you know, it, and it was a, it was a, it was a, again, a good sermon, good music, but it's not you're not there for the fellowship. Uh, we do our own Sunday school afterwards, uh, and it's very much like we're doing here, a Zoom meeting. And I'm sure this is going on all, not just all over the country, all over the world. And um, I, I shouldn't complain because we have a, a, a large enough church, and we've got the tech-savvy people, and we've got people like you, Bill, who, who can do professional uh, essentially professional television production. But, you know, out here, even in Texas, there are small churches that really can't do this. And, and that probably hurts those congregations even more uh, because, you know, they're down to maybe their pa pastor talking from his home. Um, I, and and uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, it was, it, was it, certainly there was some fulfillment there. There was a chance to celebrate we did have a nice dinner. I, I groomed up some lamb, uh, but it was, you know, it was really, uh, in some ways, it was. I hate to say it, just another Sunday uh, in its own way. And and certainly, I we're all going to appreciate the fellowship aspect of church services after this is uh, after we get back to this. Excellent, excellent perspective. Uh, and next, uh, he's a regular on the panel. He's a works for a Fortune 100 uh, company. He's a world-class trainer. Uh, we call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Give us, uh, give us a little bit of uh, what it was like for you, Robert. Yeah, it was interesting. So we couldn't find any crackers, and we wanted to do something special for Monty Darty. So my wife actually found a recipe for. Passover bread. So we actually made some Passover bread to have for Thursday night, um, like Steve said. And then on on Wednesday, um, Friday rather, I actually pulled up our Good Friday service. We actually did a noon Good Friday service, and it was again very well done and very well done. But kind of like you guys, it was really an unusual Easter, and it was the first Sunday school I participated. Um, the youth group is doing Instagram and I'm just, since I teach youth and I'm just not an Instagram guy, I have not jumped that tech world yet into Instagram. And so, uh, I have not done it well, this week since it was Easter. We actually pulled, um, a zoom call for the youth and had all the youth on one zoom call. And so it was good. I got to see, I'm seeing some of the kids from middle school. Um, on Tuesday night, we do a middle school call, so I'm seeing those guys, but not really seeing any of the high schoolers that I've taught in the past during this whole time. And I'm kind of like Steve. I'm, I've been musing over our church is very blessed. Um, we've been doing Facebook Live. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. Four or five years now, something like that, that we've been – Putting the yeah, Facebook, Facebook Live, Live has been for every bit of four years, correct? Yeah, and so we were as ready as any church could have been for this entire thing. And so, but I, I really feel for the churches that had never done any technological stuff, or didn't have technical stuff, or don't really have the capability to do it. Um, hadn't happened in Texas, but other states had state troopers hunting down churches that were trying to have like parking lot services where everybody would go and sit in the parking lot and some stuff like that. And just because they don't have the technology to do what we do. And I'm really praying for those churches as mute. <laughs> I don't have to, you know, I don't want to try to leave the house at five. I'm, you know, I'm logging in right at five and I'm working till five because I'm not trying to rush out by four thirty or four to beat the traffic. And so what, kind of like that with church i'm wondering how many people at the end of the day are going to look at it and go you know it's really hard to get up on sunday and drive in man they're on tv they're on facebook all the time i can just turn on the church i can i can do i saw a rick warren saddleback church has had a 375 percent increase in their views for their church so how many people are going to forego their local church 
and do this. And it kind of reminds me of the meme that's been floating around on Facebook. It's Forrest Gump. And he goes, and just like that, my pastor became a televangelist. And I'm, I'm concerned about the future a little bit with Christianity with this, that, you know, small churches are going to, I think we're going to lose some small churches in the midst of this at the end of the day. And then I'm very concerned how many people are going to forego the local church option because, well, they can just man, this kind of works for me. I can do this and I don't give up my whole Sunday. And so I think it's really going to call to us as Christians that we're really going to have to step up our um, faith game a little bit to realize what does it take to really be as we're moving forward. Now, I know a little more than you wanted, Bill, because I kind of went beyond Easter, but it just, you know, it was just something that I've kind of been mulling as we've kind of been going through this. So, Not a problem. <laughs> and uh, I want to go to uh, Kyle Trahan. He's an insurance guy. He's also from Louisiana. We don't hold that against him. Uh, but he's also class deacon. So, Kyle, your your basic uh, perspective on it. Turn your turn your Kyle. Turn on your mic. Kyle, turn well, on your mic. Well, maybe not, Kyle. We'll go ahead to to you, Judge uh, Michael Cropper. He's an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. So uh, we'll go. We'll go ahead to Michael Cropper. I'm not really here. You don't see me, Bill. You're just imagining. <laughs> I, I, I got a text from Kyle. That's why I was talking to him while, while you were waiting for him to come on. And he said, I'm having technical issues on my phone. So anyway, how was Holy Week? I guess Holy Week is a lot like the week before. Uh, in fact, the last two weeks, except that we were celebrating Easter. And all of us talked about that, of course, last, last podcast. Um, Bill? You worked on Sunday. You would be definitely in trouble with the Pharisees for today's lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I was thinking about that. Anyway, I, I did. I did participate in the service um, Thursday night that Steve mentioned. I think Robert mentioned. Uh, it was very good. I've never participated in a Thursday night service, but it, it was very good. And then um, uh, Sunday was great, also. Um, Easter was a good day. I did not spend the time with my family, my kids. Uh, I did it with Patricia's family. We got together them. Some of my kids are afraid of getting together. I think they're uh, a little bit hyped over the the broadcasting and everything that's on the news that we shouldn't get together. But I don't see why you couldn't get together with your family and be six foot apart um, in, in, the, in the same house, right, Steve? Maybe, I don't know, Robert. But anyway, they... Uh, they're a little bit nervous about it, and I have a new child, a grandchild coming on the way at the end of this month, too, so oh. they want us to... Uh, Dad, I would have got. Dad, I would understand. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I am ready to get back to work. Uh, Robert, you mentioned that. I think I, I think it is getting a little bit boring. Uh, pardon me, I do go to work. My apologies. Um, many of my prosecutors, are, are my, many of my attorneys are over in a different building from where they normally are because we're keeping social distancing at work. And um, there's only about five or six of us in our office where there's normally 15 to 18. So uh, so it, it can get a little boring then. Um, how much longer, how much longer do we to get back what we would call normal? I don't know. We're waiting on them. It doesn't look like it's next week. Uh, maybe two, maybe three weeks, uh, hopefully by the end of May. Uh, Robert, you said you were hoping by the 1st of May. Is that right? I was hoping so, but I'm, I'm hearing from my, uh, from my company, we're making plans for people to be out of the office till June at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's more realistic. I don't like that, but that's, that looks like the way it's going to be. And uh, you know what? I guess it's always better to be safe than sorry. Right, guys? And with that, uh, I'm looking forward to today's lesson because I mentioned that uh, about Bill working on Sunday and we are going to touch on a lesson regarding the Pharisees and, and working on the Sabbath, which I always look forward to talking about. Back to you, Bill. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Judge. And uh, I, uh, I'm on the tech team. And so I was actually there uh, not only for this service, but two hours prior to the service 
to for the rehearsal as well because it was such an important time and for many of you that are out there and don't understand uh, my own background is uh i've been a writer and actor and produced movies as well and uh <clears throat> there's a lot to it and typically though on sunday i mean and most importantly easter sunday I just go and I just like to be a part of the religious experience and let the <clears throat> let it just kind of flow over me and through me. And when you're being a part of it and dealing with it as a show, uh, worrying about cue points and uh, camera angles and, and that, it takes a little bit of the mystery out of it. I don't, I don't want to say, and I think that really relates to this lesson, how when you're concentrating, especially us being men and being busy and always working and trying to provide for our family, but also be good servants, uh, you know, when, you know, where we work and do a quality job and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> we don't take the time to just relax and, and to just worship and, and thank for everything that we have and we've accomplished and be able to look back at things. And, and, and that I, I really felt <clears throat> was different about, this uh, particular Easter, and in a way, uh, I kind of felt like, you know, the original uh, disciples, they really didn't know what was going on. They didn't really, you know, Jesus was crucified. They didn't know if they were going to be next. And, you know, they were they were hiding out. And so, you know, in a way, being uh, in a 2000 uh, seat, church and there was probably well i mean the, the guidelines are no more than 10 but there was probably 18 of us there total and but it still felt cavernous <laughs> you know and but i could i could just see that uh in a way it kind of it kind of did like feel like you know hiding out so um it, it, it's not it's not uh, an easter that i'll soon uh, forget though um it, it was it was so different and i'm sure everybody out there listening um has the same thing and and <clears throat> that's why i wanted to go ahead and go around and talk to the fellows and oh it looks like it's back on so uh before we get the uh overviews uh from lesson seven the uh sabbath miracle i want to go ahead and and one more time see if we can go ahead and get kyle on uh, class i think Deacon i'm here and, uh, maybe insurance guy oh there Ooh, you are there he and, is uh, just Freak give out. a brief, brief overview of uh of your uh the the easter thing yeah very 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 different than our our normal traditional where the whole family gets together and uh yeah we we didn't get any of that fun stuff um you know, I know for me, we were we were going to have a little celebration with friends the week before and, uh, you know, then family for Easter here at the house. And, uh, you know, of course, it was just me and the wife. But uh, I believe it was Steve that said uh, I was I was having some technical issues. So uh, my computer crashed on me. Basically, my uh, camera locked up and then I lost all everything. Um, but I believe it was Steve that was talking about. Uh, when we get back to uh, our little world spinning again, the fellowship and really looking forward to that. And this has put a, during this season, it has put a different spin on that uh, entirely for myself with, uh, with that close friend of mine that passed away, uh, you know, just recently and uh, trying to stay in touch with his wife who is, uh, you know, in another state and uh, they have huge, bad COVID, you know, numbers and West Nile and all kind of other crazy stuff going on in their, their little area right now. 
And I so just look forward to being able to, to see her and to give her that hug that, uh, you know, I would have been able to give, uh, you know, when this first happened and being able to get out and about and see your fellow brothers and sisters and embrace the way we used to. And I hope and pray that at the end of all of this, um, people aren't afraid to do that because I know in this time of, uh, what they're calling social distancing. And if I never hear that term again, I'll be a happy man. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just hear the things uh, on the news and everything else of, of people worried that they're going to try and stay with the social distancing, and I hope we don't get there. Excellent. Uh, we're going to go move right into the lesson. Uh, lesson number seven. This is the uh, this is a Sabbath miracle. And uh, the main idea is that Jesus not only approved of doing good things on the Sabbath, but he did uh, good things uh, on the Sabbath. I want to go ahead and uh, just get a brief overview and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, um, we've always loved to talk about the Sabbath, and I find it extremely relevant. And once again, another one of our lessons, deep, uh, dovetails into the issues we're dealing right now with this social networking and quarantine, I'm sorry, social distancing and quarantine, and we are social networking on, uh, electronically. But um, the, the purpose, you know, the, the really, what we get into is the purpose of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was created uh, for men. Men were not created for the Sabbath. Uh, and we'll see that the Pharisees, to this, this was, you know, all about control and all about, you know, telling people what and what they could not do. And it reminds me of what we are in today, because we look around this country, and I'm not going to, you know, we, we, we read the news and, and find out there's the, the idea behind social distancing is to pre prevent the spread of COVID-19, of you getting too close to someone who might have the virus and picking it up and then spreading it to someone else. So really the goal of social networking, the purpose is really to, to keep people apart so the virus doesn't spread. Now, when that's enforced, that's good. It's interesting to see you give some, some, some police, some politicians a little bit of power and you have kind of what's happening in Michigan, where the governor there has decided to arbitrarily decide that, well, I guess this means we can't sell seeds, we can't sell lawn furniture, you have to, I mean, she is down, you go to Lowe's, Lowe's is open, but his aisles are closed, and you're not allowed to buy certain stuff. And you see this puritanical street where the, the social networking, this high people on social networking, the social distancing is not about making everybody miserable. And there are certain people who think that's what it's all about. When you, Robert, you talked about some churches who held drive-in services, just, you know, just like going to Starbucks, people stay in their cars, they're far apart, yet somehow somebody felt that wasn't the letter of the law, and they actually wasted resources on police to go down and, you know, basically give people citations that are not going to be enforced anyway. But what a waste. And this is, this is almost exactly what we're talking about. The use of, you know, of, of taking something that God intended for, you know, for, for enrichment, for spiritual enrichment, and basically turning it in a way to control and enslave people. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. Excellent. Professor, your overview on this lesson. Got to get my mute button off. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Steve. This is one of those, I, I love when Jesus confronts the Pharisees because he, he really, he, they were sticks in the mud. <laughs> I'm going to use that old term. They, they really were sticks in the mud. They really wanted to, to just kind of put it back and not really want anybody to do anything because they had to follow every little bit of law. And, and I'm kind of like Steve. I see this now um, with some of the things. Steve used those examples. You know, I've 
read stories where people have called the police because their neighbor, there's one lady, she works for a 911 operator and she got a note, an anonymous note from one of her neighbors left on her door because she was leaving her house every day during this. <laughs> I'm just like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> you know, this, it, it, this has just been, yeah, this is, you know, pulling it the wrong way. And what better time to take? I, I put on Twitter yesterday when I put out our scripture that Bill will read here in a minute that, hey, the story doesn't end with Easter. Everyone thinks the story ends with Easter. The story actually starts with Easter. And that story becomes our story. And so it, it's time for us as Christians to really step out and lead out in this. So this is going to be a fun discussion based around that. Excellent. Judge Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I, I, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, um, try telling the IRS that there is an equitable side to taxing the people. Try them. Are they not like the Pharisees <laughs> and the Sadducees and the Essenes, the people who, who absolutely, like Robert said, the people are so technically involved that they can't see, can't see the forest for the trees. And that's the whole thing. I think that's what the, uh, the, the story is today that you're going to read to us, Bill. But prior to the story, folks, we have a, we have a, a little bit of, um, background to it where Jesus is walking around with his disciples and this is on the Sabbath day. And, and I guess it's before they go into the synagogue for him to teach and to preach and they get hungry and they walk around near a field of wheat and they pick some of the wheat and they rub it together in their hands to get rid of the, uh, the shucks or whatever you call the things on wheat. I'm not sure what you call them. And then they can eat the grain itself. And the, uh, the Pharisees get Husk. Really Husks, husks, thank you very much. Uh, the Pharisees get really mad and angry with them, and, and Jesus, they tell Jesus, control your disciples. And, um, and, and Jesus looks at them and says, you know, God is not really interested in those details. He's interested what's more what's in your heart. And he reminds him of example. He says, he says uh, you're saying that they're breaking a rule. They're not breaking the law necessarily from Moses, but they're breaking a rule that you interpret the law by that is so detailed there's no flexibility in it. And the same thing, Bill, and I mentioned, of course, that you had to work on Sabbath or on the Sunday, what we hold as the Sabbath. Uh, God looks in your heart. No, no question about it. Had you not worked and ran one of the cameras, many of us could not have seen the broadcast of the Easter service. And, and, and hopefully you get to take a bit of pleasure or, or uh, enjoyment on another day of the week because you spend working on the Sabbath. And I know, and I see Kyle every Sunday morning working on the Sabbath. He's a deacon. And God will reward you if you will take that time on another day. And the pastors, if folks, if you think about it, all our pastors preach on the Sabbath. They work hard and the choir members, everybody, uh, they usually take, the pastors usually take another day during the week to take off rather than Sunday, because many of us have Saturday and Sunday off, except those who, who work in the church. But anyway, uh, Matthew 12, 7, um, Jesus tells the Pharisees uh, when they criticize his disciples for, for um, rubbing the husks off the wheat and eating it, he says, uh, he says, you need to look at Hosea 6, 6 and 7. He tells him, he says, uh, do you not remember that God said very clearly, I desire mercy, not sacrifice and knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So first of all, knowledge of God, I desire that you have a knowledge of God in your heart. That's more important than any sacrifice you can make or any burnt offerings. And then he reminds him also, Samuel, um, if you remember, folks, the first king for Israel is Saul, and he and Samuel anoints him with oil to be the king of Israel. And Samuel tells him, before you go to a battle, we are going to go make and offer sacrifice to God. Samuel is God's uh, essentially priest at that time. And 
he tells Saul, wait till I come see you tomorrow and we will offer a sacrifice to God together. But Saul gets very impatient and he offers a sacrifice himself to God. He kills the sheep and the oxen, whatever it is, and he offers it and he doesn't have that right to do that. God made it very clear that you have to obey what I say. And, and he lost his good standing with God because he did that. Saul showed up a short time after he did this and said, what are you doing? He says, well, I offered sacrifices to the Lord your God because you were not here yet. And Samuel looked and Saul said, you have lost standing with God. Don't you know it's better to obey than to sacrifice? So God doesn't want to see these, whether it's a thousand dollar sheep, a million dollar sheep or sacrifice to him in obedience, but rather he wants to see what's in your heart. And obedience is another way that God looks on your heart to determine if you're serving him with all your heart. Anyway, Bill, back to you. Excellent. And Kyle, your uh, overview of this particular lesson. Man, my computer system just doesn't want to work with me today. Um, you know, mine is, is was kind of short when I read this. Um, as far as the overview, one thing jumped out at me more than the rest. And it was the one sentence, uh, where are we on here? Of course, Matthew 12. Do, 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 do. In the verse 10, um, there's a uh, sentence that it says, that, well, they asked him, asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And what I thought of when I read that is they truly believed he actually could. You know, um, it, it wasn't a question of can you heal Jesus? It was well, is it lawful to do it on the Sabbath? So they actually believed that he was able to heal, which none of them were. It just made me wonder what they went home and thought about at night. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and we have a hard break coming up, but I wanted to go ahead and read the scripture first. So maybe you could think about it during the break and then we'll come back and we'll dissect it and, and peel it back a little bit layer by layer. Uh, Matthew 12, 9 through 13. And going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out. And it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. And with that, that is Matthew 12, 9 through 13. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're going to go ahead and take our hard break. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 149, hard to believe. And we're talking about the transparency Forming Power of Jesus. This is uh, from the Connect 360, a Baptist Way Press uh, periodical, or our actually uh, booklet that we're uh, in. And this is uh, lesson number seven. 
And what we're talking about is keeping the Sabbath holy. And I remember when I was a kid growing up on a farm, uh, that was a big thing, uh, particularly for my grandmother, uh, for us to not work on the Sabbath. Um, but I know uh, modern day, uh, men have to do what, what they have to do to uh, provide for their families. Um, for people that work retail, like I, I know Kyle did for a number of years. Um, you know, th- those times just happened to come up, um, you know, during, uh, during Sunday. And you have to show up in order to provide for your family and to do that particular type of job. And so I want to go around the room and just uh, talk to the fellas um, about that. And, and, and this text in particular and, and how it applies and, and put a bit of a man spin to it and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Well, I like the fact that in this, in this section, Jesus does not go to the, the, you know, the scripture or the law. He doesn't, I, I don't think the Pharisees were expecting this almost dismissive answer. Um, they were expecting, I think, Jesus to point to some scripture and have engaged them on their own terms. Instead, Jesus turns around and says, come on, guys. If you lost a sheep, you're not going to be standing around debating the law. This is your livelihood. You're going to go get it. And then he equates this, you know, and if, and if you're going to go get a sheep, don't talk to me about healing this man. And it's, it really, and I'd love to get Robert's point of view, he really almost puts them in their place. Um, he almost makes the question look ridiculous. In fact, in fact, if we step back a little bit, because again, we've been reading this all in all, he does make their question look ridiculous. So uh, that's one part of this I really like. Um, Excellent. Uh, professor. Yeah, he, he, this is one of those, I'm kind of like you, Steve. He doesn't go to scripture. He, he goes to something practical. And I think they were getting ready for a great theological debate with him on this because I would really need to look at the timeline. and I did not get a chance to and see how many times they had confronted him previously about healing on the Sabbath. And, and you kind of get the feeling that he's tired of debating them. He's telling them, look, this is just how it is. This is what you do. You go take care of things that need to be taken care of. And the day, Bill, when, when you were working the farm, I know you've talked about you guys worked, but y'all did necessary things. Like you fed the hogs, you did the, the things you had to do every day or else kind of stuff, you know, and the way society is, there are a lot of things that roll over for me personally into I've got to get them done on Sunday because I don't have time during the week. You know, my, my weekdays are get home, leave the house around five ish, get home between six fifteen and six forty five, depending on traffic and stuff. And so Saturday and Sunday is days for me to take care of the yard, do the grocery shopping, take care of stuff around the house, do some other things. You know, and church is a necessary part of that. So there's a chunk of time that I'm going that I'm going to quote unquote lose, not lose lose, but lose because I'm going to be at church and be involved in our stuff at church. And so having a day of rest is important, but at the same time, recognition that you have to find a way to rest and understand it. And and I like his quote in there that that. You know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You know, it, it's the Sabbath is our time to reflect and reflect on what we're doing and reflect on how we are. Is it necessarily, do we have to do it on Sunday? Maybe. Is Sunday a good day to worship God? Yes, that's pretty downright. But frankly, I get more rest usually on Saturday because there are times I'll move items in my personal life of things to do to Saturday to do for my quote unquote relaxation time, because I know I'm going to be busy doing things on Sunday anyway. 
because I'm going to be involved in church. Well, I go I go back to, to Genesis chapter 2, verse mm-hmm. 2, verse, verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested. Now, so we all collectively decided that the Sabbath was going to be Sunday. I think the point is, is God rested on, on the seventh day. So yep. you're... He, and, 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 of course, the commandment says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Sabbath, I think, derives from, you know, rest or break. Uh, we have the word sabbatical. It does not mean you have to have your Sabbath when everybody else does. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're going, look, look at your, your, your pastor works on Sunday. His whole staff works on Sunday. He has a different day off. It's a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday. Um, you could say that his week begins on Tuesday. His first day is Tuesday, and he does his visitations, prepares his sermon, and it all culminates on Sunday, which is his sixth day, and Monday is his seventh day. It's a Sabbath. That's, that's the way sometimes you got to look at it. Um, I think the importance is, is to have a Sabbath. To have a God intend us not, He did not make us to work twenty four seven. Excellent, uh, Judge Cropper. Uh, I wasn't on. I thought it was on. Yeah, it's it, it, great discussion. Right? We mentioned this before. Uh, the blue law was instilled, or or was in Texas for many many years until maybe thirty years ago when they withdrew it, and and and. The the again the the uh, the basis for it was to prevent people I guess from doing things that that our Pharisees thought would be wrong on the Sabbath you couldn't buy certain things on the Sabbath but uh, again it, that what you guys are saying Robert Steve Bill uh, Kyle it comes from the heart I was just going through it thinking to myself Robert mentioned sometimes he has to go to the grocery store. It's not that you want to go to the grocery store necessarily or mow the lawn on Sunday, but something has happened and you have to do it. Uh, I, I remember I had two trials last year, about a year ago at this time. Um, one had to do with a, a tiger, uh, if you remember, folks, a tiger being found in the city of Houston. And I had to prepare for that. I didn't feel like I had a choice but to work seven days on that. Or Saturday and Sunday uh, on it, and I did not want to do that. My heart was not to do that. My heart was to come to church, but I didn't feel like I would be prepared if I didn't do it because it was on a Monday. The trial was on a Monday, so sometimes you, I, I think you do have to. You may have to to work, or you may have to do something you don't want to do on on Sunday. But once again, the Lord looks at your heart to see where your heart really is, because he knows you'll get a break eventually. And then when you have a break, do you give him the proper time and do you give him the honor and the thank you? I, I also remember when I was in law school, I had two cars uh, and both had water pumps go out on a Friday or Saturday. So I had to repair both cars at that time while I was in law school because I had to have a car to go on Monday. At least I had to have one of them repaired and my, my wife then had to drive one to work. So again, once again, there's sometimes things that come up when when you don't want to do it. You want to be free and and rest. And and again, some work on Sunday is is rest as well. Uh, Bill enjoys the camera work. He it may be work to him, but I I know he's told us many times that he enjoys what he does. So a, a lot of it again has to do with. Uh, uh, whether it's a necessity and then whether your heart really is still focused on the Lord and when you give him the proper time when you're able to do it. Back to you, Bill. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the basic rules that we had on the farm were that uh, there's certain things that you had to do. The animals, of course, had to eat. So, you you, you know, you had to feed them, but we didn't do uh, field work because... I mean, that, that was work that, in, in theory, if the weather held, uh, you could do on Monday. <clears throat> but one of the byproducts from that was I wasn't in a hurry to feed the animals. I didn't have the same time crunch that I normally had. So as I did get to do it, I, I did get to take more time and to 
count my blessings of being on the farm and having these animals and thanking God for them. And it was much more of a, <clears throat> because it was relaxed, that I, I felt I was having more of a religious connection uh, as I was doing it and, and being able to thank God for the, for the position of, uh, you know, of responsibility and being able to, you know, to care for the, for the animals and the food. <clears throat> and, and, and you're right about uh, being on the tech team. I, I, you know, I, I absolutely love doing it because I know there's so many people and I've had so many people tell me that they can't come to church anymore of their aging or their parents are aging and the only way that they can participate is through the online and being able to see it so uh it, it's kind of a it's kind of like my own personal little little ministry um to be able to help out so but i'd also like to go ahead and uh, and get kyle's perspective because he was in retail for many years and 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 get his perspective on, on Sunday, Sunday Gosh, work. Uh, 12 years, 12 years in retail as a manager and uh, nights, weekends, and holidays. That's what you sign up for. Um, whether you like it or not, whether you're the, you're the manager or not, um, that, that was the deal. Um, I, I found my way to our church, to Sugarland Baptist, because I followed my wife who followed her mother. Um, I, I didn't, they were already ingrained. She was in the choir. She was, you know, and of course I walked into our church and uh, the people in itself, uh, are fantastic. You know, they really do make you feel at home. So it, it wasn't a, a hard transition for me to go, Oh, I love this place. Um, but it was kind of picked for me, which is interesting because I'm a deacon there and, you know, I'm, I've gotten probably more ingrained than my wife ever had. Uh, of course I say that she was in choir for many, many years. Um, but right as I was writing something down, you guys went to Mike and, uh, he said, uh, he was talking about the blue laws. I had just written down, bring back the blue laws, you know, um, because it, it could be that thing, you know, I can learn to shop on a Saturday and actually let people, all people have a day of rest. But even back then on Sunday, we'd go to church, of course, uh, you know, y'all were just talking that, you know, the pastor takes a different day and all, but after church, we had a tradition. We'd go to this fantastic little, uh, Chinese restaurant, uh, down on Roost street in Sulphur, Louisiana and, uh, fantastic food. But that was not truly observing the blue laws, you know, because those people were having to work on a Sunday while I enjoyed myself, you know. Um, so it's a very different concept. But, you know, during that 12 years that I, I did work so many Sundays that I would really take that day of rest, whether it was a I'd have Tuesday and Thursday off or, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, I, I would try and take a little bit of time to sit back and rest, you know, because if you don't, your, your body can't sustain 24 hour, seven days a week. Go, go, go. You just can't. You can for a while. You know, I remember doing stuff like that when I was a kid, but you can't anymore. You know, energy levels deplete as we get a little bit older. Um, you know, but to to go back to the lesson as well, um, I, I'm definitely with the the fellows that Jesus was poking a lot of trying to poke a lot of holes in all of their rules because you couldn't do anything. If you read some of that stuff, I mean, carrying a, a, a ream of paper to my printer was off limits because that was considered work, you know, but uh, we've just said, Bill, you know, you enjoy doing the camera. I'm, I'm on a door. I'm on 
the, the first response team at, at church and stuff. I love doing it. I go in. The first thing I do is I grab my, my radio and my beeper and stuff like the S beeper folks. We're going to date ourselves, but yes, beeper. Um, I, I look forward to doing it. He's there to worship. And I think that's kind of a neat factor that his part of worship is actually his work. Anyway, I'll leave it up to somebody else after this. Yeah. Excellent. And as we come down to the end of this particular podcast, uh, what what really hits me is this. Were they really trying to help the situation or were they really just trying to trap Jesus? And I think we all, I think we all know that. Uh, yeah, help you know, the situation. Yeah, funny. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and, and that's what I feel that, that my work um, uh, is on Sunday as – I'm I'm really helping I'm really helping other people and I'm I'm helping uh our pastor minister uh to them and and to a huge number of this last and um by being there early and making sure that uh we were able to get a quality broadcast out and as we come down to the uh to the final thoughts and the final takeaways from the different perspective uh of the various fellows here. I'd like to go ahead and uh, once again, uh, start it off with Mr. Steve Titch. Yes. Um, Kyle mentioned glue laws and, and, and I did, yes, I did mention, we got to have, you know, time to rest and, and above all, that's what the Lord asks of us. The difficult thing about not being able to have Sunday off is that you don't have that opportunity for a church service. Um, fellowship. Yeah, and and now there are uh, a, a number of churches have have uh, Catholic churches. Many have services every day. Uh, so, but they're small. Um, and sometimes, if you do work on Sunday, you can find a church that has an early morning service and go to. But th- that is right. that is missed. And so, uh, as I guess as men, especially in this time now where many people are working at home. And I kind of made a half joke, but half serious about this last week when one of one of the men I know uh, got a call at 9.30 on Sunday and it was his boss and it was not an emergency, but his boss without irony said, you know, this is great. I didn't used to be able to call you for work on, thir- on, on Sunday morning. And, I wouldn't have answered. <laughs> and that's, and that's where I get to go, where, where, where for us as men, we've got to hold on to our boundaries. And uh, we, of course, you know, there are many of us who sign up, you know, we start, when I was a reporter, uh, your first job, your first, you're, you're going to find yourself working on Sunday, it's just the way it goes. There, you know, news is 24-7, somebody's got to be there, the new guys get it, but, you know, uh, and, and likewise, there are people who, whose jobs require them to work on Sunday. We talked about that. But also, you know, you're, you're also have um, your own time and your employer has a right to a certain amount of that time that he's paying for you. He cannot steal other time from you. And uh, so as leaders, we've got to be aware of that. We've got to give our employees time. We've got to respect their beliefs, no matter uh, if, they're, if their religious services are on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, uh, we have to respect that uh, um, that time for them. We do not have a claim on all their time, uh, and uh, also as 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 good employees and good family people and good Christians, we are permitted to build a hedge around our work life and basically. Uh, yeah, Robert, you're right. You're right. You don't have to deal with traffic, so that gives you more time to maybe be a good employee. But you can also leave your office, and you know when your office is closed, you're, as Kyle says, you're not taking calls. Uh, go to voicemail. Go to email. Uh, and, and you know, unless of course they're not, they're, I'm not I'm talking about emergencies. I'm talking about your standard. Uh, what what is expected of you? as a routine employee, uh, you expect me to be there on the job, you expect me to do my work and get it done well and up to your expectations. Your expectations do not mean I'm here 24 seven 
to devote to you. And, and if you're the type of boss who's doing that, I'm going to call you out here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm retired. You're the type of boss who is calling your meetings on Sunday mornings or, or late into nights at 8, 9 o'clock at night. Um, you've got to reevaluate re your own time. Because basically that tells me you have nothing creative to do with your downtime, that you're always on the job. And, so, and, so let me, that, that's my harsh word. Oh, and now, I will reevaluate this. <laughs> and you don't respect my time. <laughs> All right. So, okay. uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. I just uh, look at a couple things here. Uh, it, it reminds me when, when we were talking about the first time I talked about the uh, uh, the example Jesus set when he, he was talking to the Pharisees about his, his disciples rubbing the grain together to get get food to eat. Um, he reminded them also when they were griping and complaining about his disciples um, working on the Sabbath. He says, uh, he says, do not don't you remember or don't you realize that as as rabbis when you when you sacrifice animals to honor God, you're working on the Sabbath as well. You are actually profaning the Sabbath. And does God actually uh, discipline you or, or call that a sin? So he, he, he aimed the guns right back on them whenever they were griping about him, his disciples, uh, shucking the wheat on the Sabbath. And um, another thing it reminds me of when when Jesus had spoke to them and said, he said, you're, you're complaining about the speck in my eye. Why don't you get the log out of your own eye first? Then you can see clearly to take the speck out of my eye or another person's eye. Hmm. Finally, um, a couple things, once again, on the blue law, guys, Kyle has probably got an answer there. <laughs> yes, we could, we could do, we could do the blue law again and no one would be hurt by it. Chick-fil-A does it, Hobby Lobby does it, and they are quite successful. We could actually plan ahead, not have to do things or shop on, on the Sunday that our lives would go well. We could actually stay home and enjoy ourselves and maybe uh, uh, not have to go to the store if we're planning ahead of time. And finally, um, the, the author of our, our lesson makes, uh, it's a little bit long, but it's a good, good summary for this uh, particular lesson we're dealing with. He says, the concept of the Sabbath still applies to believers today. It is not about, however, taking a day off work, but it's about pausing to rest and consider all that God has done for us during the week. And it's about reflecting on his goodness and mercy and honoring him by actively showing kindness and compassion to others. And it's about trusting him with our troubles and infirmities, confident, we are confident of his power to heal our hearts in our broken places. Bill. Excellent. And a couple of takeaways uh, from you, Professor. I'm going to jump on with Steve and Mike both and say, hey, you know, there's a Mexican restaurant out here called Las Candia on Highway 6. It's one of my favorites, and we go to it quite frequently, but, frequently, but not on Sundays because, like Chick-fil-A, he chooses to close on Sundays. Um, HEB made the call this past year and they actually had signs out in other places um, discussing how um, they were going to be closed on Easter and you needed to make your plans ahead of time because they wanted to give their employees the time off. Um, Texas Monthly had an article, I would encourage anyone who has interest in it, about how Texas, about how HEB, it's a Houston, Texas, or a Texas based grocery chain how they actually planned for and prepared for the coronavirus update. And it will be a case study in business schools for years as to how well prepared they were compared to other. Um, and jump on with what Steve said as well. You know, real leaders understand that their people need the time down. Let your people have the time down. And men, we can afford to take the time down. You know, um, at, at a certain point at night, yeah, I do. I shut off. And so, you know, I, I get asked about all the time because they're like, look, I sent you a text on your work cell phone. And I'm like, yeah, you send it after five. And at five o'clock when I leave the office, my work cell phone, I have a separate pouch on the outside of my backpack. 
my work cell phone goes in that pouch and it does not come out again until the next morning. <laughs> um, I do not look at that cell phone um, when I'm off work. It is, it is a tool for me to use when I'm at work, but not when I'm off. So take the time to plan around the Sabbath so you can have your time and your rest. Excellent. Uh, Takeaway from you, Kyle. Man, I wished I had a work cell phone. Oh, wait, that's my personal cell phone. <laughs> you only uh, have one. Uh, yes, I only have one. And, uh, you know, I, I do. Um, uh, so there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'll be as quick and brief as I can. Uh, you know, so HEB, love them, always will. I worked for them for nine years. Um, but the searing memory of my last Christmas Eve with them, uh, will stay with me forever. Um, I left out of there at about 7 PM, 6:30 that night to drive my hour home, got stuck in the rain where a kid flipped his car and took me an extra hour. And everyone is at my home waiting for me, uh, to open presents on Christmas Eve. They've all been to church and dinner. So you know, there's certain times, you know, just shut it down. If you can't, I understand the last minute people, but learn and go get it done. Get it done early. So the rest of it on holidays and stuff. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, you know, uh, your lack of, plan, lack of planning on your part is no reason for me to work on the Sabbath. There you go. Thank you, Steve. Perfectly said. Exactly. Lack of plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I still have to work on Sundays. You know, during my busy season at work, we only have a couple of weeks to get our job done and to get everybody that needs help helped. Um, you know, and, and I, I struggle with that seriously, because of what I went through for so many years in retail. Um, I will say I've said recently enough that I'll work six and a half days a week during that time frame. But I do, I go to church, I go to dinner with my family. Then I may go, if I have to make an appointment with someone, I often will get those calls at eight, nine o'clock at night, Steve, like you were just mentioning. You know, they're, they're from my clients and they just got questions and they don't realize it's my personal phone. I don't answer that. I send them to voicemail at about five, six o'clock, whatever it is. When I take off my little headset thingy and I put it on the charger, I'm off. And unless a client uh, calls and says that it's an emergency. I am in the ER. I am in the hospital. I'll call those people back because they need me right then, you know, or may need me. Um, my last point here um, is back to the, the lesson itself. This was a miracle of healing. I've said it over the last couple and the last few. I would love to have this spiritual gift. How cool would it be to be able to walk up to someone, to be in Jesus's sandals? Because I'm sure they were Birkenstocks, by the way. Um, you know, because if Jesus lived in our day and age, it would be Birkenstocks. Um, and people would just give them because they're the best. But... <sighs> How cool would it have been to be able to walk up and have the power within you, the know with all, the, the energy and the gift of God to be able to say, stretch out your hand and it is actually healed. Now, to be Jesus, that would be amazing, right? How cool would it have just been to be in the room to see that happen, to see Lazarus raised from the dead, to be at his tomb, to uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, the, the guy's uh, girl, the, the father's name. The Jairus. Girl. Jairus, thank you so much, Michael. Yeah. Uh, to be in the room, the family there, when Jesus walked into Jairus's house, or so many, the 
the guy getting healed, uh, lowered from the, the rooftop to be in any one of those rooms and the power, the sheer power of God to make things happen. And my last little point is to be able to understand when we don't get the healing because it's not always going to come in this world. And for me, losing a close friend, sometimes it's hard to understand, but I tell you what, I still look forward to the healing. I look forward to the praise moments when people are. I'm done. Thank you guys. Great evening. And thank you so much. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 149, Keeping the Sabbath Holy. And it's not just for God, it's for you and your family as well. I want to make sure that you know that we're on uh, iHeartRadio. We also have a uh, Facebook page, which is at man-up. We have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We're on Apple Podcasts as well, and all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. So if you missed one, or if you look through the titles and see something that, uh, <clears throat> that might interest you or might be appropriate, go ahead and click on it. Go ahead and you can listen to all 149 of them. If you're ever in the Sugarland area, and we know this is going to be over pretty soon. So don't hesitate to stop in Sugarland Baptist Church. We'd love to have you be a part of our discussion. And want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go and participate. And join a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday school where you can have small group discussions like what we have here. And find one that's for men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.